Welcome to The Sofa. I'm Sherry. I'm Bonnie. And this is the Sisters Hallmark Sip and Chat Podcast. We're a couple of crown heads who love all things Hallmark. Welcome back to The Sofa and our week eight episode of Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas. In this episode, we'll be sipping a bourbon Negroni from the Hallmark Channel Countdown to Christmas Celebrate the Movie Magic Book. You can find the recipe and a link to buy the book on our website, sisterssipandchat.ca. Head to Facebook and Instagram to see pictures of our creations. In this episode, we'll be chatting about the five movies, To All a Good Night, Magic and Mistletoe, Christmas on Cherry Lane, A Not-So-Royal Christmas, and Round and Round. To All a Good Night, starring Kimberly Sestan as Cece and Mark Ganymede as Sam. Cece, a photographer from Harmony Bay, saves Sam, a property developer, after he has a terrible motorcycle accident the day he arrives into town. They have an instant connection, but trouble brews when Cece suspects Sam of coming to buy up her late father's beloved parkland and the site of the town's annual Christmas celebration. Let's find out how this movie rates on our sofa rating system. But first, a quick explanation. Our custom sofa rating system includes a list of 20 Hallmark tropes broken down into 10 categories that will determine how Hallmark is this movie. You can download the list from our website, sistersipandchat.ca. This movie earned a historical rating of 25 out of 20 sofas. The breakdown of categories for this movie is Military Might, Town Holiday Celebrations, Clash of the Classes, Here Comes the Bride, Location, 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 Family and Friends, Unexpected Hiccups, Affairs of the Heart, Big Life Changes, and Christmas Magic. The charitable event, donations through the good night event, and the dad sending letters to the veterans. If there's one thing that's true about this movie, it's that the bongo Santa is truly terrifying. That little <laughs> bongo Santa that kept trying to pass off to each other. But seriously, Adam's mo- motorcycle accent was really scary. My husband is an excellent motorcycle rider and thankfully has never had an accident accident but i'm still not a fan of them personally (laughs) however you know a near-death wedding proposal with a stranger is a new twist that i wasn't expecting in this movie also the idea of um the idea to decorate living trees and donating instead to needy families was also kind and clever and another cool holiday uh, quote-unquote giving tree showcased in this season's movies i thought that was such a clever way to do it i agree the decorating of living trees was a great concept the whole no trees were harmed in this event and that mm-hmm. motorcycle accident was terrifying i gareth wanted a motorcycle for the longest time and i stuck to my guns he's never had one but i just i just find them very very dangerous Mm-hmm. They can be a lot of fun when used responsibly, but sometimes these boys don't use things responsibly. <laughs> the fact sure. that people donate to the living trees to ensure that families in need can get money to have a wonderful Christmas, is a, is that's just such a great idea. I think that's very, very sweet. Yeah, I think it's great on, on two sides. They still get the joy of decorating and other people have the joy of celebrating Christmas who might not otherwise. I think it was a great idea. Yeah, um, very- community-minded totally uh max is such an adorable and naughty dog (laughs) 
and his owner, her friend, the B&B owner, she's super funny. I actually enjoyed their banter um, and the banter with his cousin, uh, like that he had with his cousin. I really think the humor in this movie was awesome. It made like it just leveled up the enjoyment of the movie for me. And Kimberly Sestad is one of my favorite Hallmark actresses because she always has that bit of humor in her movies but can still pull off that serious side too. And I really enjoyed it. I totally agree. The dog was super funny and that dog was gorgeous. Yeah. But, but the fact that the owner didn't get into more trouble, she was very lucky because that was like, she should have had the people with pitchforks going against that place. The fact <laughs> that they just kept going to the barn looking for, is this yours? Yeah. Is this it? Like, <laughs> So, it's like it was normal everyday event. <laughs> it's like head to the barn. I'm missing this. Let's go to the barn. So How does the dog open the door to that barn? I don't know. I they don't look know. like they struggled to get it open sometimes. <laughs> he's he's got a better way in and he's like sucking. Yeah, I think so. Maybe there's a doggy <laughs> door somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, the yearly letters that her dad sent to the ex-military who had, you know, found themselves adrift in their lives was just so kind and so thoughtful. And like, he was just so thoughtful to so many. And it was so heartwarming at the end when his daughter learned just how wonderful a legacy her father left. The fact that the dad sent those letters to so many veterans to ensure they knew they were cared about and that someone was thinking about them, that moved us to tears. Like that was, that was mm. something because those people put their, their time and their lives on the line for others. And, and there's no greater gift to give to someone, but to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. It takes an amazing person to spend that much time and effort to care for others and send the, mm -hmm. write those letters. It's gotta be hard for him too. The fact that they came to respect him and thank the daughter for the father's good deeds was something I, I didn't even know how to contain myself when that happened. I agree with you. It was beautiful. Movie number two, Magic and Mistletoe, starring Lindy Greenwood as April and Paul Campbell as Harrington. Harrington, an author famous for his Christmas book series, makes a negative comment about Christmas online, which sparks a PR nightmare. His publisher sends in April a PR specialist to do damage control, and the two head to Harry's hometown of Mistletoe to attend its annual Christmas festival, the inspiration for his novels. So let's find out how this movie rates on the sofa rating system. And it earned a 19 out of 20 sofas. And the breakdown for categories is military might, town holiday celebrations, clash of the classes, location, 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 family and friends, affairs of the heart, big life changes, Christmas magic, and the charitable event volunteering for the festival. I was really excited to watch this movie because I'm a huge fan of Paul Campbell and he has never disappointed. So that was wonderful to see. This movie, once again, was a kind, loving movie. In the beginning, he had a bit of a Scrooge attitude, which mm -hmm. thank goodness melted over time. His home in the town was beautiful. And I love that he had his own little writing nook. I mean, you as a writer can respect having that space. I do. I love to have a pretty writing space for sure. You need a place to be creative. Not that you can always be creative in the space, but it's certainly nice to have one for sure. I mean, you could tell from the beginning that Harry was a lover of Christmas, which is why he wrote 
you know, his first book in the first place. And he just kind of lost the magic of it getting, you know, lost in all the economy of it all. And, you know, it's a lot to be to be expected to keep the whole town financially afloat from his work. So I can see why he got a little salty, you know, about it after years of feeling maybe a little indebted or whatever to them. Um, and I feel like his love letter to Christmas sort of got turned into a tourist attraction. And so I, I get why he kind of started to push back a little. Yeah, the tourist attraction out of a love letter would seem hollow, but I think it was great that he went back because he needed to see it through the townspeople's eyes, that they were thriving because of this and that they were so, they had great pride based on that storyline and what had happened in their small town. So it was nice. And the fact that he called it a love letter to Christmas, I mm -hmm. thought was really sweet. That was really nice. Yeah, I agree. He just needed to kind of get his Christmas spirit reignited, I think. Um, and then, of course, another Christmas tree, Christmas wish on the Christmas tree. Like, I think Hallmark is starting a trend here. I think they're maybe encouraging the rest of us to think about this for our communities. I don't know. But I, I love how they're coming up with these clever ideas and all these movies and and. uh that thought process in just not just lighting a, a tree in the town, but it actually means more than that. So, uh, and I also like that they connected all of the town's events to the stories in his book, which makes total sense. Um, and the people of course are characters in his book. You could see he was trying to recreate the magic of his town for everyone to enjoy. And as a writer, it's the dream that readers become that connected to your characters in the story that they want it all to come to life all of the time. But I can see where that does come at a price as well. Absolutely. Like, you know, price of his, um, his uh, privacy. Okay, so I know this is off topic, but her mantra was always prepared for anything which is proved by her three different coats and an elaborate fairy costume that she had with her. However, yeah. her luggage did not sustain <laughs> such large items to be packed. I know yes. that it's offside info, but from someone who's here and there often with luggage, I know how hard it is to pack one winter coat, let alone three and a costume. So just something I did observe, you know, a little hole in there. <laughs> yes, I, I'm thinking it was more about the uh, wardrobe uh, tent, whatever, trailer or something that she actually got it from. And I guess the, um, the Christmas fairy in his story is sort of like a version of Santa because the Christmas fairy brought gifts and stuff, right? But anyways, I'm not really sure of the connection there, but April did look absolutely beautiful in that fairy costume. Absolutely. And absolutely. I love a pretty tiara, as you know. <laughs> love a tiara. And her dress for the gala as well was also beautiful. And I think in April, Harry found someone who really shared his love of reading and his, of Christmas in Mistletoe, like in the town. Uh, I think they ended up being, you know, a good match because they were a good balance for each other. True. Well, all in all, this was a very good feel-good Christmas movie. Agreed. Movie number three, Christmas on Cherry Lane. Starring Catherine Bell as Regina, 
Jonathan Bennett as Mike, John Brotherton as John, Aaron Cahill as Lizzie, sorry, James Denton as Nelson, and Vincent Rodriguez III as Sean. At Christmas time, three families are navigating pivotal life moments at different points in time, and all connected to the same house on Cherry Lane. Now let's find out how this movie rates on our sofa rating system. This movie rated 19 out of 20. The categories are class of the classes, here comes the bride, location, 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 family and friends, unexpected hiccups, big life changes, Christmas magic, and the charitable event, emergency foster parenting at Christmas. Family issues always seem, you know, more highlighted at the holidays when families are meeting on mass together. I think it was interesting to see all of the stories as each family works through their individual problems. Switching off from story to story made the movie more interesting to watch, I think. And I love that it was all the same house. And so it's these stories through these three different owners and seeing the house as it evolves through the decades and how it was special home for all three families was very cool. Be honest, at first I had a little trouble following the timelines, which kept bouncing back and forth. I would just become invested in the scenario and then bounce to the next one. However, mm-hmm. by the end and the way it was all laid out and tied together, it made me cry so hard I had a bad headache. <laughs> yeah, it was a really, it was a tearjerker at the end for sure. And there was a good witch reunion, which I was excited because they are two of my favorite Hallmark actors actors and it just warmed my heart to see them in a story again (laughs) but there was lots of great holiday actors in this one and I love that the the neighborhood was the same for all three stories or the sorry the neighbor was the same in all three stories and she played at least a small role in each one of them like she wasn't just there she in connecting the house but she did play a story or play a part in the story uh, however, the connection between 1973 and the 1999 families, in my opinion, was the most surprising. And I definitely cried at the end when they announced Ivy's name. Oh, yeah. The Goodwitch reunion was awesome. And they had do have such great chemistry. As I said prior to this movie, it made me cry so hard. But Gareth and I were foster parents for 17 years. And I can remember getting those calls that a child needed a home for Christmas. And you only had a few hours to prepare to get them Christmas ready and that they deserve so, so much to have. This was a hard one because seeing little ones as they arrive to a stranger's home and knowing they are scared and confused sent an emotion over me I hadn't thought of for a very long time. I'm so grateful that I was blessed to be part of so many children's lives. That was really heart-wrenching. I'm sure that really meant a lot to you guys to watch that. They're doing a really good job at at showing, um, you know, adoption and fostering this year in this season's movies for sure. And I think the writers did, you know, a really excellent job of knitting together all the individual stories into one cohesive connection through time. Um, 
which isn't easy and not always easy for the watcher either, but just like some of the things that the car is connected to the son in 1999, which was his dad's best friend from 1973. Yeah. And the son again in 1999, his friend is the 1973 baby daughter, Ivy, and her foster son is Sam from 2023. You know, the gas station was turned into the gastro pub uh, that Mike works at and that his daughter from 1999 now owns who was the singer of and from 2023 <laughs> like so a lot of bouncing back and forth but when you when they got it all unveil, unveiled it was a lot of meaningful connections which is really cool i thought it was very clever and also really heartwarming too absolutely movie number four a not so royal christmas Starring Brooke Dorsey as Charlotte and Will Kemp as Adam. Charlotte, a journalist for a royal tabloid magazine, manages to get an interview with a count who hasn't been seen in years. Since the real count is MIA, the royal family enlists their groundskeeper, Adam, to play the part. Literally. So how did this rate on our sofa rating system? It earned 17 out of 20 sofas in the categories are Town Holiday Celebration, Clash of the Classes, Location, 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 Family and Friends, Affairs of the Heart, Big Life Changes, and the charitable event Counts Toy Donation to the Norden Children's Group. Okay, so this was my pick three of the season. I liked it so much more than my other picks this season. However, the fact that the whole storyline is based on a lie was not the best opener for me personally. Yeah, it was kind of a little silly that they would just randomly choose, hey, you, I mean, he found the the whatever badge thing. So, but still, it kind of did come off as a little cheesy that they, and they had been lying for years, not just at that moment when they needed someone, which seemed ridiculous. But to me, I did enjoy, and my favorite part was that they filmed at our local historical uh, landmark, Dundurn Castle, which is awesome it's really a manor house um but it's a treasure in our hometown and we saw lots of beautiful shots of the exterior and of course the interior uh, that was very cool it was the home of sir alan McNabb, an early prime minister here in canada and literally is my favorite place in hamilton so and dundurn at christmas if you're ever in the area is particularly magical and i recommend anyone to go visit it Hey, to be honest, I totally didn't even notice that it was Dundurn Castle, which I've been to many times, didn't even mm. see that. But that brings up such fond memories of all of us girls going with mom on the Christmas tour. That was a wonderful event. Only thing that was a little icky was the food that was done in the pickle juice to keep it from spoiling. It was a lot of pickled stuff. Yeah. A lot of pickled stuff. It was a different time then. Mm -hmm. However, last weekend, we all went to another castle together in Toronto, Castle Loma, and the turn of the Century Home Spadina Museum. That mm -hmm. was a lovely way to have family time and see an outstanding light display for Christmas. So listeners, if you have never been, it's worth visiting any time of the year. Yes, both. All those, both those places are gorgeous. All three, technically, places are beautiful. So if you're in our southern Ontario area, we do recommend visiting those. Um, so but once again, you know, it's filmed in 
in Canada. And we can tell there's maybe two people who are actually English because the accents, once again, a little bit spotty for me. But they tried for sure. Um, I also don't see how this article, like they were expecting the article to be this sort of one-time deal for Adam. And I feel like we do. you knew from the beginning that wasn't what was going to happen. Like once he's shown his account to any one person, like he's going to be recognized forever. And it's only a matter of time before someone's going to take a picture and it's going to be in the newspaper or something someone's gonna say hey yeah yeah, like someone's gonna say hey i saw him with her and she was talking like you know what i mean like it it just seemed like a flawed plan from the beginning which of course blew up in their faces which you know it would have made more sense to me that they would have if they were gonna enlist him then they should have just given him a title for real even if it was honorary Right from the beginning, he's a person from the area, and you know, I I just think they probably should have did that from the beginning. I totally agree. I did not like that concept at all, and really, he gets to be the honorary count, even though due to tradition, he has to have one because they must have one. But isn't the tradition also based on bloodlines? I thought that was the whole horse part of being royal, unless you marry into it. But I was glad at least that he was willing to be honest with the people, even though the royals were willing to continue the ruse, because he obviously had the people's heart in like in the forefront because he was trying to get the businesses to them, get all the work to them, which makes perfect sense. I don't understand why you would go outside of your your own um, scope. But I think if you don't have heirs, they probably could like name titled people to lands or whatever i think they have the right to do (laughs) no but like he didn't there was no one who wanted to yeah he's gone he abdicated so technically there wasn't anyone in the position but of all the people he's the one who cared most about that area and he's not even part of the royal family (laughs) it seemed like oh our lands it was like a secondary concern to them so but it's so funny when they announced the king at the ball and they said first of his name, I thought, is this Game <laughs> of Thrones? Like, why are they saying that? I didn't think they would have said it. It just made me giggle. And I like that the focus was shifted, yes, to the people rather than to the royalty of the land. It was a much appreciated twist, in my opinion. Movie number five, Round and Round, starring Vic Michaelis as Rachel, Brian Greenberg as Zach, and Rick Hoffman as Stan. Rachel receives a special gift and gets caught in a time loop that keeps repeating the seventh night of Hanukkah. Can Zach, the guy she keeps bumping into, literally help her stop the loop? Now let's find out how this movie rates on our sofa rating system. This movie rates 15 out of 20 sofas. The breakdown is town holiday celebrations, family and friends, affairs of the heart, big life changes, Christmas magic, and the charitable event, Zach volunteering at the senior center. I always enjoy seeing the Hanukkah movies each season and getting to see the special facilities 
festivities and learn about the customs um, because I don't celebrate it. I'm not as aware, but I love to see it. This one was even more special with the whole time loop aspect. And I love the song that started off the movie, I'll Stop the World and Out With You, is one of my favorite songs ever. And I love that they circled back to it at the end of the movie and made it like this sort of bookending meaning for the movie. I thought I really enjoyed that part. Mm -hmm. This was great to once again have a Hanukkah episode in the mix. It is great to respect other faiths and traditions. I'm not a fan of the whole Groundhog Day type movies that keep replaying, but I have to say the fact that the individuals brought into what she was saying was happening was a different twist. So like they knew that they believed her that she was going through this and they were trying to help her each time it happened. So I thought that was, that was partly cool because most times they don't know and the person takes advantage of it and whatever, but this one, they were working together. So that was cool. Yeah, I thought it was a cool twist that the magic dreidel was passed down through the family. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm like you, I'm not always a fan of the Groundhog Day type of story because it can get really frustrating when you think they could change stuff, but then they don't actually change what they can change. <laughs> and I know it's all about how fate plays a part in their lives. And, you know, when one thing changes, something else happens. So the outcome in the end tends to be the same but i'm glad that they actual show actually showed real changes in this one yeah i did like that it came out how her dad really won over the mom Mm -hmm. and that the dad and the grandma knew what was going to happen to her so they knew it was a magic dreidel which was cool they loved her enough to ensure she found her true love which was a bit weird since in the beginning she herself still believed the boyfriend that was lying to her was her true love. Mm-hmm. But once again, showing that family or at least parents do sometimes know what's best. Yes, I love that they got like his friends involved in this whole sort of story. <laughs> and, you know, the lady at the donut shop and then her cousin and her getting back into her writing, them reading, critiquing her writing. And in all a couple of hours, of course, it's a little unrealistic, (laughs) you know, but as it's a time loop, you know, I suppose whatever, none of it's particularly realistic, but I love that she comes more into her own as the movie progresses. And she learns that she is just next in the long line of family members that were blessed by this dreidel, including Adam, who was also blessed by the dreidel. I mean, it's not just her, it was him too, because he had the box. So it was a cute movie for sure. And I, I thought they were really fun together. I enjoyed them as a couple. Agreed. The dreidel was tiny, but beautiful. Mm-hmm. Even if all dreidels don't have magic powers, it is such a staple in the Jewish religion. And it was a great source to utilize as the item to create the magic. I thought that was kind of neat. When he remembered everything once she put it in his safe box that he kept mm-hmm. his dice in, I couldn't help myself but shed a tear seeing all they had been through together to get to that point because it was a quick review of it all yeah so for me this was a great love story and a wonderful depiction of the jewish faith i agree all right so drink drink update bourbon negroni okay well i like bourbon when it's in my 
you know, sauces for meat and stuff like that. But I'm not a big hard liquor fan, but it looks beautiful. And I love the orange flavoring too. So I think it looks pretty, but not my favorite tasting. Yeah, it's a bit strong for me, but looks lovely. This episode was brought to you by Hamish Community Services. Opening doors by taking the dis out of disabilities. You can find out more information at hamish.ca. Well, fellow crown heads, we've come to the end of today's chat. You can find all our episodes on your favorite podcast network. And on our website, sistersipandchat.ca. Subscribe and never miss a chat session. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. And we'll save you a seat on the sofa.